Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's Friday afternoon, our favorite day of the week. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. The full gang, Michael, Kelly, and Luke all at 4th Street Bar and Grill as we get ready to kick off another Southern Miss football weekend. And uh, we think we've got an entertaining show for you today. Uh, opening segment of the show as it is every day uh, sponsored by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue and we want to tell you about their catering they can cater your upcoming uh, tailgate for the next home game and uh, we hope that you'll give them the opportunity to do that they're great friends of the program as are our good buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill and uh, that's where the guys are this afternoon so uh, guys I'm sure being the consummate professionals that you are you didn't need any free food you just came down, prepared for the broadcast to deliver another edition of the Eagle Hour. What? what? Hold on. Hold, hold on, Chew Bob. I, this, uh, hold on. Let me put this catfish down. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob, uh, this catfish is um, is like it's sitting in front of me. I'm under the uh, the picture where Southern Miss, we beat Nebraska in 2004. Right. And I have three pieces of fried catfish. How many did I? I had like five, didn't I, Sanders? I've already eaten two. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting my hamburger. He's got so, the, uh, uh, the the Four Street Burger over there. Using and, new uh, math, I think that's only five left. The Judy after Ma- the five, the Judy McLeod math. Yeah. So anyway, it's a great day at Four Street, Bob. Absolutely. So, Wish you could be here. We're eating in your in your honor. So Michael, I'm sure you came down there and worked. I'm guessing the other two came down there and ate. That was the first thing they did. Not Where's the menu? Yeah, 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 I've been setting up, no, and you no, know how it yeah, is. Yeah, I'm sure of that. Well, we're glad to be at 4th Street. They're great friends of ours. They've got a big golf tournament coming up, don't they, Luke? We're going to be talking to uh, uh, the beneficiary of that golf tournament a little later in the show, but uh, a big weekend for 4th Street. Yeah, they've got a, a charity golf tournament coming up tomorrow. And this tournament, it's the name has evolved, but this tournament goes back a long, long time. And I've got the trophy sitting here in front of me, Bob, and you got the, the winning names, some of the guys who have won this tournament over the years. I mean, John Bethay Jr. of Hattiesburg, I think, won it like six times. In 1998, the twosome of Bus Cook and Brett Favre, you've heard of them, yeah, a little I'm bit. sure. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they won it in 1998, but yeah, the trophy that they're going to be playing for is right here, and we're also going to be talking with a member of the local Quarter Horse Association, and you're now going, what does that have to do with anything? You're going to find out just how involved the Quarter Horse Association is with, with making the Hattiesburg area a better place to live. That's right. coming up in, an, I think, our third segment today of the show here yeah, live from 4th right. Street. All right, Kelly Sander, it's, uh, you know, the eve of the Alabama football game. And, uh, you know, I want to ask you this realistic question. Give me a realistic answer about this. Uh, realistically, no one in the country expects the Golden Eagles to go win the game. But what, other than making the money, which is the obvious reason that they're there, what can a program like Southern Miss hope to gain by playing Alabama tomorrow? 
That's a $64,000 question, even though Southern Miss is making a lot more than that in this game. I think that one of the things you might see, uh, and indeed that it has already happened, that Southern Miss may, may hold some of their you know, starters out of this game tomorrow, because when it comes right down to it, conference play is what matters, and they begin conference play a week from Saturday. So, and, but I think you'll probably see, you know, I think I don't think you'll see Alabama starters in, you know, the whole game either. So, as far as what you can accomplish, Alabama's defense, of course, is is among the best in the country. That's how you get to be number one. The offensive side of the ball is a lot more important tomorrow, I think than the defensive side of the ball. The defense has already proven that it can play the way that it flies around the ball, but obviously it's the sputtering on offense. If they can just develop some kind of consistency as a unit, I think you've come out a winner, even though not on the scoreboard. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the ultimate success is not what the scoreboard says. The ultimate success is not whether Alabama covers a 45-point spread tomorrow. The ultimate success is what can you do that you haven't done in the first three games and somebody might say, if you didn't do it against South Alabama and Troy, you're not going to do it against Bama. Well, as a football fan tomorrow, and this is a, <clears throat> an opportunity for, uh, y'all brought it up yesterday, for keyboard warriors around the world in the Southern Miss Nation, don't watch the football tomorrow. Watch what's around the football. Kelly, you and I and, and Bob and broadcasting, you know, when we do color, sometimes you, you your goal is you don't watch the football. You watch around. And so what you're looking at tomorrow is you're looking for – what Southern Miss hasn't done, uh, even though the success may not be there in the, in the first two games, what can they do tomorrow to improve? What can can they you know uh, can they get off the ball quicker on on both sides? Can they uh, you know pick up uh, a people in, in coverage just a tad better? Now I'm not talking about what the end of the play is. I'm talking about the beginning of the play and the middle of the play. The outcome may not be what it is, but you feel like if you can clean up a few things, even if Bama scores on a play or you give up a big play, you got to feel like if you can do a few things right against Bama, you can do it against Rice. The following week. So if I interpret what you're saying correctly, you're talking about you, the Eagles tomorrow may execute better than they have at whatever they're trying to accomplish, but it may not result in any bottom sure. line. Yeah, so if you, if you get beat tomorrow by five or six touchdowns, what can you positive, what can you take away? You know, Because obviously this team that they're playing tomorrow – would blow out the other two teams the Eagles have have lost to anyway. So yeah, it's a it's a positive. With that said, to your point, you can't risk. At what point, if you're if you're you know down thirty five, when, when do you put someone else in at quarterback? That's the fine line you got to ask. When when do you not allow Frank Gore Jr. to get beat up tomorrow? When do you, you know, a, a very thin linebacking core? Like what do you do? You know, schematically on defense to to not just allow them to get a, a stupid injury in the third or fourth quarter. And the reason why it's so important tomorrow is because again the Eagles begin conference play the very next week in a game that is winnable. You know, again it's on the road at Rice, but it's a team that you should be able to compete with and indeed win. And you, so you don't want to go in there handicapped with not having some of your studs available play if they get hurt in a game like the Alabama game that you're statistically probably not going to win. So I agree with you. I think those are some decisions the coaches have to make, Bob. So that's yeah. kind of what we're looking at from here. Your thoughts. All right, next question for you guys. I want you to tell me, what is Nick Saban doing? Is he is he just trying to be kind? Is he uh, just giving us coach speak? Uh, is he trying to be gracious? 
Two comments I heard him make this week. It'll be a challenge for us to run the football against Southern Miss. Then I read just this morning when he said Southern Miss brings an SEC caliber defense uh, into the game. What's he What's he trying well, to I mean, accomplish? Well, the, the first thing he doesn't want to do is, uh, I mean, here's the, here's the reality of it. Alabama could, you know, half practice this week and probably, you know, still beat Southern Miss by two touchdowns, three touchdowns tomorrow. And that's not an insult. It's just the fact of talent on the field. Saban is such a great coach because he never takes anything off. Like, he, he doesn't take a day off. He doesn't take a playoff at practice. He demands excellence, and part of that is he's got to display it himself. And so I, I think as far as a coach, when he when he prepares, he knows that he's what the final score is going to be tomorrow. He knows that. But in order for that to be there, he's got to demand excellence out of everybody, including himself. So statistically, I mean, the Eagles are their third in the country right now in rushing defense. They're 12 overall in total defense. So I think early on that there will be positives to take away. I mean, I really do think that, that Southern Miss will, will force Bama to punt um, some. I, I just What's going to happen is, Kelly, in, in the mid-third quarter, the defense is going to have been out there for so long that Bama's going to score maybe half or 60% of their points in the second half. And people will say, too, well, you know, when will Alabama put in its third string or, or second string or whatever? The thing you have to worry about when you ask a question like that is the first thing a guy on the third string wants to become is a guy on the second string, okay? And the guy on the second string wants to become a player on the first string. So even if they put in the reserves, whether it's second or third, those guys are going to play their hearts out because they want to move up the next chart. And they're three or four deep. You know, right. That's who that's who our starters are. I mean, and, and that's, that's Bama to lesser teams in the SEC. I mean, every team in the SEC probably outside of Georgia, Florida maybe, is looking and saying, like, Bama's threes could start for us. I mean, that's just that's just the, the brutal reality of, of what it is. This is not a, a 1995 to 2005 Alabama game. I mean, it's just that's not. Now, something crazy might happen tomorrow. That's why you play the football game. But I'm, I'm saying is Eagle, no. Eagle fans tomorrow – this is not a – well, just listen to what I'm saying. This is an opportunity tomorrow for Eagle fans to not just, like, continue to berate this season when you get beat, you know, 50 to 10 or whatever it is tomorrow. Like, you got to look outside the score and outside the outcome of plays to find things that give you encouragement going forward. Eagle Hours at 4th Street Bar and Grill this afternoon. We'll be talking about their big golf tournament coming up. When we come back on the other side of the break, another showdown last night between the Sun Belt Conference USA, two of the best teams from each league. How did it turn out? We'll analyze that. What does it mean for Conference USA when the Eagle Hour continues from 4th Street Bar and Grill? Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, I'm broadcasting from the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi this afternoon. The guys are down at 4th Street Bar and Grill right in the shadow 
of The Rock. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. I want to encourage you to buy all your Southern Miss swag from Miss Kathleen and her wonderful crew. You'll find the best selection anywhere on the planet. And uh, you'll never find a nicer lady. You can shop them six days a week right there on Hardy Street or campusbookmart.net. All right, Appalachian State and Marshall played football last night, guys. A couple observations that I had, and I want to get your input on Number one, I was a little offended to see that App State calls their stadium the Rock. I was not aware of that. I think there's a copyright issue there somewhere. Uh, It was a competitive game. Two of the better teams from both leagues, but it seems like, as it always is, uh, the Sun Belt comes out on top. They win a one-point game uh, late in the fourth quarter. Luke Johnson, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I know that there there were times when most Southern Miss fans looked down on the Sun Belt, and there's still some today that do, but it's pretty hard to argue that the Sun Belt, I believe, has topped Conference USA in football. And it's because of leadership. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty apparent as far as like TV deals go. And, and Conference USA up until probably three years ago held on to the fact that it had been around for quite a long time and it and you know even after some of the american schools left they still retain some of that you know swagger but man the Sun Belt, especially with the rise of coastal carolina and really what when you look at appalachian state i mean everybody remembers when they were david and they went into the big house and beat you know michigan um you know i think it's now it's like close to 20 years ago 15 years ago but they have just risen to the top of the Sun Belt, you know, with, with, and so this was a school 15 to 17 years ago that wasn't even in the FBS. And, uh, so the Sun Belt really identified schools to replace Conference USA missed, uh, particularly, uh, because they, they tried to replace media markets loss with, with, uh, media markets they could get. And that's why they, we have two Miami schools. But I think what, what the Sun Belt identified with, and I think this is what's coming up, and it plays in Southern Miss's favor with possible realignment. Is Sun Belt went after fan bases, and they went after people. You know, while they they may miss on less eyes, they knew they would at least they knew the floor of what a school would bring to the table. And Conference USA kind of struck out on some of those ceilings. Well, and I'm going to tell here's you something else. You bring that up, though, Kelly. Before let me get this in first. I don't know if you guys saw the game last night, but the atmosphere in that football stadium was insane. A massive turnout of students. The students were just out of control, excited. Uh, the enthusiasm uh, reminded me of the old days here. And uh, I'll be honest, I was just a little taken back at the at the crowd, the enthusiasm there, and the quality of play from App State. Uh, I personally hope that uh, these rumors are true, Kelly Santer, and, and Southern Miss might eventually be headed to the Sun Belt. Well, I could make a joke saying if I had to live in Boone, North Carolina, I'd, I'd get a little bit crazy, too, at a football game. But I won't say that. Uh, but one of the things that the Sun Belt has done to help legitimize itself, and, and this has never never been brought up, I don't think, before, but when Billy Napier, the head coach at Louisiana Lafayette, decided to stay, right, he was the hot name on everybody's list you know, the last couple of years because of how the Cajuns have how the Cajuns football program has risen. Well, the Sun Belt was always a quote-unquote stepping stone for coaches, like it is assumed Conference USA is. But Louisiana Lafayette came up with the money. Now, look, I'll be the first one to say football coaches are paid way too much as head coaches, and I don't care what, what school they're at. 
But when Billy Napier, when they came up with the money to keep Billy Napier, now you've legitimized yourself. It's not a stepping stone conference anymore. Uh, Georgia Southern has been in there for a long time. Georgia Southern was a 1AA powerhouse when Irk Russell was the head coach there. You've got the Atlanta market now of Georgia State. But now the Sun Belt is going to start paying these guys. Jamie Chadwell did the same thing last right. year. I mean, That's he, right. Jamie Chadwell makes like $350,000, maybe maybe even less than that, maybe in the mid to low threes. And you remember, and he, he stayed. And his name was initially on the list of, peop- of people that Southern Miss was now, potentially N- Napier's interested in. Napier's waiting on LSU, or he's waiting on possibly um, – I don't know if I don't know if Clemson would take when when Saban moves the whole shebang is going to shift around and and LSU may be open yep. at the end of the year uh, you know how far you know they've they've come since their national championship year so but the fact that Napier stayed yeah and that Chadwell stayed uh, that means a lot. To, to now, jokingly, the on the flip side, nobody stays at Arkansas State. <laughs> nobody stays at Appalachian State. Satterwhite left, Drinkowitz uh, left. and uh, But you, you look at a guy like Chip Lindsey, I mean, he's in his third year at Troy. And to your point, some of these other schools, I, I think the guy, I can't, I can't ever pronounce his name at Texas State. He's in his, his second year there. He's slowly turning that. And so what I see in the Sun Belt, to your point, is that, these programs have gone after young, upcoming head coaches where Conference USA has almost reverted back, not in the Southern Miss case, but you think about previous hires, you think about what FIU has done, some of these other, they have gone to more experienced, named coaches, and the Sun Belt seems to have taken the better approach. And in the FIU case, that has not worked out. I mean, Butch Davis was a, you know, was a prime coach in his day, but, you know, like, like me and Bob had our days. <laughs> <laughs> Butch Davis's days are are long past, yeah. um, but but he's still out there. So I don't know that I don't think that's going to work, you know, in, in the long run at FIU. So Luke talked about leadership. That's where it all starts. We've been we've been critical of, of leadership at Conference USA, but the bottom line is, Conference USA works for the institutions that that it represents. So if the institutions rise up and say we need to make a change in leadership. And the Conference USA would have every opportunity to do as well as the Sun Belt. They just apparently have been sitting on their hands and apparently don't don't have any big interest necessarily in in moving forward. Otherwise, something would change. Well, if you watch that game last night, and again, going back to the atmosphere in that stadium last night, and you watch the caliber of that uh, that App State football team. I don't know, guys. Uh, there needs to be a, some leadership change. What is it going to? Here's the question: What is it going to take to get some leadership change in Conference USA? That's been what we've been asking for, you know, two or three years. And people say, "Well, nothing, nothing's going to happen until people stand up and talk about it." Well, we've been, you know, you guys both know we've been talking about this for two or three years, uh, and nothing seems to, nothing seems to change. So. You know, and we don't have any we don't have any moles in on the committee of Conference USA as these athletic directors or presidents, you know, talk to the conference relationship. But if you're gonna if you're gonna keep on doing what you always did, you're gonna keep on getting what you always got, and that's you see the the Sun Belt passing Conference USA, and and then all you've really got left is like, I don't know, the MAC maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, below you because the Mountain West with with Boise and others, they're, yeah. they're ahead of you. No, I, that's what I'm talking. Sun Belt's on the rise, absolutely for sure. Can we agree that so, the Sun Belt has passed Conference USA in football? 
I think they have absolutely. Oh. I think I think they have. I think they passed them probably last year when you had when you had Coastal with with their rise. And if you're a Southern Miss fan, of course, baseball has been so prominent at Southern Miss. Looking in the Sun Belt, you're talking they had about a national champion in the last ten years. It, yeah, Coastal South Alabama is always very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Georgia Southern, Rod, Rodney Hennon has been there forever Lafayette. as the I mean, coach at Lafayette Southern. Lafayette is one of the premier. Right. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, you, you wouldn't – and I, so I, I would dare say that even in baseball, the Sun Belt has passed uh, with, with since Rice is definitely on a down cycle in Conference USA. I mean, other than Southern Miss, who has been a consistent contender for the past five F- to six FAU, years? FAU, and that's – Five or six years they have been? Yeah, for the well, last five. Yeah, years. Okay, FAU, I, I just yeah. don't remember them being that good. Yeah. Um, well, so, wouldn't you, you think know, so that the baseball, Sun Belt would welcome Southern Miss? Wouldn't you think they would welcome this baseball program and and the history of the football program, guys? Don't you think that that they would have open arms uh, for Southern Miss? If you in? if you look at the most winning w- winning programs in Conference USA, like Western Kentucky is not going to the Sun Belt, right? Well, they already left. Yeah, they already left. That's the yeah. point. And there was who who else were you talking about yesterday that had left? That wasn't going to get back. Oh yeah, Louisiana Tech makes everybody mad, and I'm not sure they want to go to the Sun Belt with two two in-state teams there. So when you look at you know as far as the last ten years, like winning is program, Southern Miss is probably in the top four, and uh, above them are a couple teams that UAB would feel like they were settling going to the Sun Belt. So 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 it you know, Southern Miss is probably one of two teams. I would say maybe even like FAU Marshall would probably be a better fit in the MAC. But you know if you're the Sun Belt looking, you're talking FAU Marshall and Southern Miss. I mean Southern Miss is there, and again we fit the Sun Belt model simply because they know the floor. They know what we bring to the table. The the media market is is way down. I get that they're not getting a huge media market, but they're getting a historic data of fan base and that's what they've hedged their bets on to get to this point and what's so glaring to me is when you pull up sunbelt conference on the web it, it'll wikipedia or whatever it has a map of all the states that have a sunbelt school and one state in the south glaringly empty mississippi that's where Mississippi State's headed, though, in two years. They're, they're, they're going to move to the Sun Right now, no right. Sun Belt team. We're at the uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill this afternoon on the Eagle Hour. We're going to tell you about a really, really cool charity coming up. Big golf tournament taking place uh, tomorrow for 4th Street. Eagle Hour continues on the eve of the Alabama football game right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you joined us this afternoon. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Kelly and Luke and Michael down at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We'll be going back down there in just a second. But before we do, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the Eagle Hour. And we're very happy to welcome Edward Jones. Robert Goss, uh, Goss, I'm sorry, Robert Goss, a great office on Lincoln Road Extended in Hattiesburg. A local Edward Jones uh, specialist can help you with all your financial needs. He's a big Southern Miss guy, too. Had a chance to meet with Robert the other day, and uh, he was telling me about basketball trips he's made and football trips. So he's a huge Southern Miss supporter. 
Uh, he really knows his stuff about financial matters, and we hope that uh, if you're in that market, you'll check out Robert Goss. Edward Jones, uh, they're at 4358 Lincoln Road Extended, Suite 24 in Hattiesburg, and uh, we're very, very happy to welcome them to the Eagle Hour family. All right, as I said, we're at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly's down there with the head man himself. They've got a big golf tournament coming up for a very worthy cause, and uh, Mr. Sander, if you can stop eating for just a couple of minutes, uh, we're going to throw the show over to you. Gosh, Bob, you know you know how difficult that is for me to do, right? Especially when you get when you have a, a Fourth Street Burger here. But Slade White, a proprietor at Fourth Street Bar and Grill, is here to talk about the the Fourth Street Golf Tournament coming up on Sunday. Which uh, Slade, as we welcome you, first of all, we're, we're sitting next to the pool tables, yeah. which uh, me and and Squag and Coot like to play a little pool down here. Um, but the tournament coming up Sunday, it's one of it's one of the few golf tournaments where people could care less whether they win or not, right? That's that's true, and it's it's probably one of the few tournaments. If you really want to win it, you can buy it. So it's it's a it's a very fun tournament. Uh, we people do come out. We have some great golfers. We have some uh, amateurs this week coming in with certain teams we've heard about. That so there's some real players out there, and there's the people like me that. Uh, We'll hack it up with the best of them, but it's all about charity and having a good time. And you normally have to see the golf ball to hit it, but my stomach has gotten in the way, so it would be difficult for me to play. The weather's going to cooperate. Finally. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful on uh, Sunday, according to the weatherman. And you've because of some situations here with a big donor, you've got some uh, benefit things going on here. Kind of tell us. Yeah, we, all, we always try to pick somebody that's going to really reap the benefits of some money. Um, we're, you know, it's it's we'll raise several thousands of dollars. We're not we're not giving away houses or anything like that, but it means a lot to the ones we've picked in the past, like the, the Southern Miss softball team and Humane Society and Southern Pines. But this year we lost somebody pretty special to us, uh, Mr. Wade Spruill. He was he's been my number one biggest donor for every tournament in the past, and uh, he was do, uh, the head of AAA Ambulance, and uh, we lost him to COVID, and so. It was easy to pick this charity because this was uh, the Mississippi Quarter Horse Association was his passion. Didn't know anything about it. And uh, I called one of my buddies up in North Mississippi that they they do this type of stuff. I was like, hey, man, is this a real charity? I mean, do they need money? And he just started going into all the stuff that they actually do. And actually, that guy is joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from Florence, Mississippi. Brooks Derryberry joins us, the director of the Quarter Horse Association for the state. Brooks, good afternoon to you. Hello. How are you? Hey, t- uh, we're good. Thanks. Kind of fill in some blanks here as to what the Quarter Horse Association does. I know a lot of people might be thrown off by the name, but you guys do a lot of good for a lot of people. Well, well we do. Well, the Mississippi Quarter Horse Show, we... We've been uh, started since, I don't have the exact date, but uh, the late 1950s. And we are an affiliate of the American Quarter Horse Association, which is a national organization. And, and so we, as, a, as an association, have a, uh, I guess, a mission. And our mission in, in the past has been to promote and educate and um, uh, help uh, improve the breed of the American Quarter Horse Association. And so over the years, as we have focused on that mission, our mission began to change. And as, particularly uh, with our youth, as we've 
focus more and more on our youth members as they've uh, gotten older and become adults and become amateurs. Uh, we have, we have, we still promote obviously the the integrity and in all of the quarter horse uh, breed, but we also focus very heavily on our youth and in educating our youth in uh, civic responsibility and um, giving back to the community and uh, becoming. Uh, leaders in, in business and in the, in the community and, and in, in their association to be future leaders of the association. So in doing that, but you've also, have, go ahead. I was just going to say, you also have a relationship with uh, disabled veterans and, and it, right, the, the list right. just goes on and on. Right. So what we do is we have a couple of scholarship funds, but we also uh, have uh, two uh, main charitable things we do each year. One is uh, we put on the largest equestrian with disability show in the country every year. Uh, it's, dur- it's in February during the Dixie National, where we, where the youth and, and the association uh, pay for everything for the participants. So the participants, uh, the equestrians with disabilities, um, both physical, mental. Uh, they come. They can come show uh, in this and, and win prizes, and um, and uh, it doesn't cost. The only thing it costs them is to get there with their their horse. The the money that the youth raises, and that we also use our our horse shows to help fund, goes to help fund the equestrian with disability. So we fund everything for that show. Um, judges. Uh, Facilities, uh, use of the stalls, and the and and everything. Uh, the money is raised by the youth and all through sponsorships and horse shows to help fund that, so the participants don't have to pay anything to participate, and they they win trophies and ribbons and jackets just like the regular quarter horse show. Uh, and and all it costs them is is their travel to get themselves there. We also do what now, Slade. The, no, very, very quickly. I was just going to get back to Slade, but very quickly. Go ahead, Brooks. Okay. We, all, we also do what's called the Dixie Challenge, and that's where we bring in 16 veterans with the Jinx McCain Horsemanship Program uh, that is part of the Simplify Fund for wounded, wounded Veterans, and we teach them basic horsemanship skills, and then they once they go through our basic program, then they can sign up for other trail drives, cattle drives. It's part of the Simplify Fund's uh, uh, recovery through sports program is simplifyfund.org and we again we pay for everything we're the only uh, uh, program that simplify fund has where the only thing they pay for is to get the veterans there everything else we provide through volunteers food horses facilities everything the youth and the association uh, raises the money to support that program all right, Slade, back here at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people that would like to help out, but I'm sure you've got a full field. You do every year. Yeah. Right? The tournament is Sunday at Shadow Ridge in Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. But if anybody that's not playing in the tournament, hearing you know all the good things that they do, would like to contribute, what do you recommend? Uh, you can definitely reach out to myself here at 4th Street Bar. Um, my email is jsladewhite at gmail.com. Or come by and see us. But um, we will continue to take money. Uh, we, we earn a lot of money on the course. Right. Uh, our cart girls and everything, they, they all come work their butts off and 
they give all their tips back. So um, it's it, we 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 raise a lot of money on the course. Like I say, when you can buy it, you can come up there and say, "Hey, uh, Miss Cart Girl, will you throw this ball for me for five bucks?" And that doesn't count as a stroke. Or they can come putt for you, hit for you. So that's just a fun tournament to raise a lot of money. Uh, they'll like I say, there's some gamers out there that want to win, but every single dime goes back to we we do not keep a dime off this killer. And I've known you for a while, and I've not known you to be an emotional person. Yeah. But I can tell today this this means a lot to you. <laughs> and, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, yeah. and it's okay. Um, but it does. He meant he meant a lot yeah. to, to a lot of people here at Four Street. Yeah, Mr. Way, he was a special man. And so. Um, you can go, and I'm sure the golf course, if you don't want to swing by at Shadow Ridge on Sunday yeah. and just write a check or, or whatever, they yeah. can, you, you can do that and We're as doing well. a parent party uh, Saturday night during the uh, the infamous Alabama Southern Miss game. So drop by, have a drink with us if you'd like to donate gift cards, anything along the lines. This is, this is a tournament you're going to win a prize. A couple of years ago when we had it, we just got to the point where saying uh, – who hasn't won a prize? <laughs> and here you go. People raise their hand. Well, here you go. Here's a here's a trail cam or something. We've got fish and stuff. So we have a lot of good donors, a lot of great restaurants. We all we all bond together because they know that this tournament means a lot to us. And Bob, there is, from what I understand, a furthest from the hole prize. Fur- furthest from the hole, worst dress, <laughs> most intoxicated. Most intoxicated. Uh, yeah, well, we Kelly's have, a ringer we have a for that. <laughs> Actually, Bob, the, the last. I, I have this on good authority. The last three winners of the most intoxicated award uh-huh. to this day don't know they won the <laughs> award. Right. Don't remember it, right? All right, we want to thank we, Mr. We've got, we've got one. We've got one guy that won three times. Uh, there we go. <laughs> well, thank Mr. Derberry for joining us, of Mississippi Quarter Horse Association. And uh, what, what did you mean exactly, Slade, when you said the infamous game tomorrow afternoon? I mean, I think we're all predicting a big upset. Hey, or I just need to know, are we going to score seven points? That's over and under <laughs> for Southern. That's the question. All right. More from 4th Street Bar Grill. We'll wrap up this week's Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to remind you about D1 and D-Bat. Great place to take your child if they're into baseball or softball. Some great training at D-Bat for adult athletes, uh, young athletes, and old. It doesn't matter. Whatever your sport, D1 training can uh, fix you up. State-of-the-art facility. They've got a program to fit every athlete's needs. And also, once again, want to thank uh, Robert Goss from Edward Jones Financing for uh, joining the Eagle Hour. Glad to have him uh, as now part of our program. All right, we're back at 4th Street Bar and Grill. The guys are down there. We're ready to do our Friday afternoon picks. Slade is with us. He'll be the guest picker. Let me, a lot of pressure, Slade. Our, our guest pickers have done very well this year. So uh, here you go. Here's your opportunity to, to jump right in there with them. <laughs> to totally screw it up, huh? <laughs> guest, guest or Bob about hitting about a seventy-nine percent. Oh no, right. that's correct rate. So right. that's just the updated standings: Bob twenty-three and twelve overall, Kelly twenty-three and twelve. I'm gonna pick back twenty-two and thirteen. Mergens is gonna give his today. He went seven and four last week. So uh, and that was picking Southern, by the way. 
No. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was so. one of the ones you missed. So. I, pick, I picked Southern, too. <laughs> and you missed that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. Inside Conference USA tonight, Middle Tennessee at Charlotte. That game will be tonight in Charlotte. Charlotte is a three-point favorite. I'm just, I'm just not big on Middle Tennessee. I'm just not. I'll take Charlotte. Slade. I'm with Charlotte as well. Michael. Charlotte. Bob. As I said last week, Middle Tennessee sucks. I'll take Charlotte. <laughs> All of us will take Charlotte. Can we quote you? Tell, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. All right, kicking it off tomorrow at 11 a.m. up in Michigan, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. FIU on the road at Central Michigan. Both teams, one and two, Central Michigan, and 11 and a half point favorite. Kelly. I'll take the Chippewas. I'm going to go with FIU. On the road, 11 point on, dog the road, on the road? FIU. Okay. Yes, sir. Central Michael. Michigan. Bob? Uh, Kelly's the only person outside of Michigan that knew the nickname of that team. Uh, I'll go with Central Michigan, too. <laughs> I, I knew it. I have some friends that went there, so oh, I knew okay. it. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Central Michigan at, at home, and uh, Slade is the, the rogue agent. There we go. There's where I'll beat you. <laughs> All right. At the Liberty Bowl tomorrow, Memphis, a three-point favorite, Memphis. UTSA at Memphis. This could get pretty interesting, Kelly. UTSA already – Beat a Big Ten team on the road. And I did not see why they were getting all the love in the preseason. I do now. I'm taking the Roadrunners at Memphis. Wow. Slade? I'm going to take the home team. Taking Memphis? Yes, sir. Okay. Michael? UTSA. Memphis wins the game. In a close one. Yep, Memphis. I want to take UTSA, but Memphis beat the SEC last week, yeah. and uh, they're they're flying high. I'm gonna go with Memphis. I just before you go to the next game, Luke Slade, you do understand the rules of this game, <laughs> right? right? To pick the winners, right? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> we'll, see. well, he did. He picked Memphis. You're right. the one that picked UTSA. All right, not picking not picking Buffalo at <laughs> no Buffalo at Old Dominion, no Texas Southern at Rice. All right, North Texas at Louisiana Tech. Tech is an 11 point favorite in Ruston. Kelly. Yeah, Tech wins. Absolutely. Tech. Tech. Bob. I'm going with Tech, too. Bulldogs across the board. All right, this one's pretty interesting. Indiana comes in one and two. They're at Western Kentucky. They're a nine-point favorite on the road in Bowling Green. I'm tempted to think this one might be a little closer. Kelly. No, Indiana played Cincinnati really well uh, last week. They lost to Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's with top what, five or six team. I'll take the Hoosiers on the road. I'm with the Hoosiers as well. They're, they're coming off a good last season, and I think they're going to get it together. Yep, Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Bob. The Hoosiers. I'll go with Indiana to make the sweep. FAU goes out to the Rockies. They take on Air Force tomorrow. Falcons are four-point favorites at home. Boy, that, that's a tough one, too. But uh, the difference in air, the air out there, I will take the Falcons to soar. I'm going with Air Force. Yep, Air Force. Yep. I'm patriotic. Bob. I'm going with Air Force. I'll go with Air Force, too, so I'll make Kelly stand on his own. But, yeah, so I'm going with them. All right, uh, tomorrow down in Yulman Stadium in New Orleans, Tulane, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. UAB comes to town. Blazers 2-1, two and one, Tulane 1-2. One and two. I will take UAB. Now, we, you know, we haven't picked a lot of Conference USA teams right. out of conference, but I think UAB goes down there and gets it done. I think Tulane by two touchdowns. They're, they're showing Whoa, out. Oh, how about that? <sighs> Come on, Michael. <laughs> UAB. Yeah. Mm. Bob? I'm on board with the Blazers. Nope. 
I like Tulane. I think it's be close. <laughs> Me and Slade versus the world. I'm taking uh, the Tulane Green Wave. That quarterbacks for real. And I was going to say this isn't an ACT test, but hey. U- UAB has <laughs> all right. Head, head versus heart. Strong heart, strong head. Southern Miss Bama. It's a technicality. Kelly. Hmm. Why <laughs> looking at me? <laughs> Come on, Alabama, Alabama, Bama. <laughs> Mike, oh, my mic. <laughs> Bob's picking Auburn in this one, so uh, like we won't force him to to reveal his cards on there. All right, here we go. NFL, real quick. Washington at Buffalo. Speed pick. Buffalo. 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 Bob. Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo too. Bengals at Steelers. <laughs> Bengals against anybody. Anybody. <laughs> uh, Bengals. Steelers. Ah, I'm going Bengals, Bob. What? Who in the hell Burrow. picked the you Bengals? Guys are crazy. Who picked the Bengals? Uh, I'm with the Michael Burgess did. Slade and Luke both did. Saints at Patriots. Uh, Patriots. Saints get it together. Who dat? Patriots. Who dat? Patriots. There we go, Bob. Patriots. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. You can, you can take us out for the week, Bob. There we go. That was the cue. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Slate, thanks for having them down there. And uh, make them yes, pay. Sir. Make them pay Thank before they so leave, please. Uh, since I didn't get to come. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you having us down there. We'll be back Monday at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.